0: What's up? This is Jonathan Smith, your host here at Shooting the Schmidt. I hope you're having an absolutely fantastic day doing all college football today. We'll come back tomorrow with an NFL episode. Buckle up college football week three just finished. We're going to recap that and I'm going to give you all the biggest stories from it. Here we go. So, we've got three big stories from week three of the college football season. Let's start with the top. In a week that was not supposed to be very exciting, in a week where we had no ranked matchup, no top games, not like this upcoming week where I think we've got five games between two ranked opponents, week three was surprisingly really interesting. We got Georgia, Alabama, Florida State, and Texas all having some sort of a brief scare over the weekend. You know, Alabama, Texas, and Georgia. Went into halftime of their games not feeling great. You know, Alabama was tied with uh, South Florida. Texas only up ten to seven on Wyoming. Georgia down fourteen to three going into the going into the half at home against South Carolina. I remember sitting there like, oh my gosh, like we've actually got some good games. I stepped away to go get ice cream and came back and I was like, okay, like we, there's actually games worth watching before the late games tonight. Then in the second half, all three of those teams pull away. Meanwhile. Florida State had to fight until the bitter end to beat Boston College and if it wasn't for you know an inadvertent face mask by Boston College who knows if Florida State comes out on top in that game and you know people they're going to freak out you know they dropped Alabama in the polls they dropped Florida State all that kind of stuff relax this happens sometimes okay it is unfair of us to expect that teams made up of kids between the ages of 18, and 22, 23, are at their best week in and week out. they got classes. They've got a whole bunch of stuff going on. And when you go on the road, like Florida State did, to play a conference opponent who knows you very well, it is tough to win, especially when you walk in with that top four ranking. Okay, The other team, they're up for you. They're ready for you. They study a little bit more film. They practice a little bit longer. They show up. The juices are flowing. It's tough to go on the road and win when you're ranked really high in college football because the other team is ready for you. And let's be honest, when you're 18 to 22 years old, it's pretty easy to slack off when you see, oh, it's just Boston College. We 30-pieced LSU two weeks ago. We'll be fine. It's just Boston College. No big deal. It is a big deal because conference games are hard, and that's part of what makes the Alabama's, you know, decades, not decades, but the Alabama stretch of dominance so incredible. The fact that they don't lose games like Florida State, almost lost to Boston College. In fact, Alabama usually blows those teams out. Meanwhile, Florida State sneaking away with only a two-point victory. Speaking of Alabama, of these four teams who had these scares, Alabama, Florida State, Texas, and Georgia, you can throw Penn State in there as well, of these four or five teams that had scares in Week 3, Alabama is the team that should be the most concerned. They are the team with the biggest hole in their roster amongst these four teams three games into the season Alabama has already played three different quarterbacks okay and look we talked about this a little bit leading up to the season when Alabama brought in Tyler Buckner from Notre Dame as a transfer right before the fall it became blatantly obvious at that point that there were issues in that quarterback room and now we are seeing them okay so they bring in Buckner they still decide to go with Jalen Milroe to start the season Looked fine against MTSU in Week 1. Because it's MTSU, that's why he looked fine. Then we all know what happened in Week 2. He looked really talented against Texas. The athleticism, can't miss it. He's big. He's fast. But the decision-making, not great. He threw two bad picks. Probably should have thrown more. Okay, his poor play against Texas is probably the biggest reason why they lost, right? So, against South Florida, Nick Saban hands the keys of the offense to Tyler Buckner. Who then proceeds to go five of fourteen passing, for thirty-four yards before finally being taken out for Ty Simpson. Okay, he wasn't much better. Went five of nine for seventy-three yards. They only managed to score seventeen points against a non-power-five opponent. Against a bad non-power-five opponent, could this be the year where Alabama goes eight and four and loses like three SEC games? Okay, look, I you know said last week, wrote it on. My sub stack as well, Shooting the Schmidt. Feel free to go out there and check it out. I said, don't doubt Nick Saban. But I can doubt the quarterback play. If it doesn't improve, then we could see the worst season from Alabama since 2007 when they went 7-6. and six. That was Nick Saban's first year as the head coach. Since then, they've lost three games in a season once. Okay, and I'll be honest. If I'm Alabama, you got to play Milrow. That's why I would play he's clearly the most talented option. And his legs, the mobility, gives you an extra element in your offense. It also allows plays that should fail to succeed. Okay, Having a guy who can turn nothing into something from time to time when you're not going to get a whole bunch of production out of that position is going to be really nice. And then you can hope that as the season goes on, as he makes mistakes, he can learn from them, and by the end of the year, he's a solid decision maker. I think that's the way forward for Alabama. That is who I would play. Jalen Monroe should be the starter for Alabama for the rest of the season just because of the talent. Moving on to the only upset of the week, Florida upsets Tennessee in the Swamp. Now look, winning on the road against Florida in September is one of the hardest things to do in college football. You walk into 90-degree heat with like 95% humidity. Okay, Most teams aren't conditioned for it. Meanwhile, the Florida Gators have been practicing in it all summer, and they're ready for it. They live in those conditions. Okay, Last year, we saw those conditions make an impact against Utah when they traveled down to Gainesville, and Florida upset them in Week 1. And, but here's the thing. It's not what happened to Tennessee. Florida flat-out beat them. They out-physicaled them. They played a fantastic game. Okay, the passing game for Florida was conservative but efficient. Okay, and that's all that they needed. That's all that you need when your running back goes for 173 yards on 23 carries. Okay, Trevor Etienne was awesome. When Etienne was in the game, Florida ran the ball whenever they wanted, wherever they wanted. When a team can run the ball like that, they can beat anybody. Okay, I thought that Florida's defense was impressive as well. This is a high-powered, big-play Tennessee offense that only scored 16 points. Okay, now Tennessee did hit a few big pass plays, but in the red zone, the important part of the field, I thought Florida's defense played really, really well. In Tennessee's three trips to the red zone, they kicked one field goal, and they turned it over on downs twice. Florida, man, they're going to be a tough out this year in Billy Napier's second season. That's a really good football coach. If they can get a little more explosive in the pass game, which they've got a five-star wide receiver freshman. He had like six receptions on the first drive for Florida. Looked really, really good. He, you can tell he can really play. If they can get a little more explosive, they could finish second in the SEC East behind Georgia. I mean, you can tell they've got some talent. Like I said, the defense looked good. The passing game was efficient. They can get a little bit more explosive. They should be able to beat some of these more upper echelon teams in the SEC. Even though the upper echelon isn't super great this year in the SEC, it doesn't seem. But we're not going to get to that. We'll we'll get to that later on in the week. Maybe next week. We'll see. Moving on. The final thing here, and then we're going to get out of here. Colorado. Continues to be the biggest story in college football. Okay, they have already tripled their win total from last year through three games. They want a tough, physical game against their in-state rival, Colorado State. Okay, this is, I think, one of the best things for college football. Okay, Deion Sanders has brought a new swagger to college football. Okay, this game is filled with button-up coaches who always say the right thing. And Deion Sanders comes in, and guess what? He doesn't have to say the right thing. He doesn't have to be buttoned up because he's Deion Sanders. Okay? And I just I love how this week he came out, and he said that the game was personal due to what Colorado State's head coach said about taking the glasses off and taking the hat off when you're talking to people, so on and so forth. I love that Deion Sanders was like, This game's personal because of everything that he said. No other coach in college football would have done that. Nobody. Okay, and then you pair that swagger and that intensity and the willingness to say stuff and to go out and get after it, not only on the football field, but also in, with the media. Like That's cool. I like it. And then you pair that with how good they are. Now look, they lose Travis Hunter. He's going to be out for a couple weeks. He took the dirty hit from the Colorado State safety. Don't know if it was targeting. Probably should have been ejected just because the hit was dirty. That's beside the point. That's not what we're going to get into. But on top of that, they have one of the best quarterbacks in the country, Shadur Sanders. He's been nothing short of incredible. Okay, and I was a little skeptical, like, is TCU really that good? We know Nebraska isn't very good. Like, like what like I want to see a little more. I want to see them do it against a really good football team. Now look, Colorado State is not a really good football team. Let's make that clear. But there aren't very many quarterbacks in the country who can go ninety eight yards in ninety seconds to force overtime. There's not very many guys who can do that. Okay, Sanders, very smart. He knows where he's going with the ball before it's snapped. I mean, just an absolute master of the offense in Colorado. And I just I think it's so crazy how in a year with Alabama and Ohio State having all this quarterback trouble, not being very good, like there's a legitimate chance that Alabama and Ohio State do not make the college football playoff this year. That doesn't happen very often. In a year like this, Coach Prime and the Colorado Buffaloes are the biggest story in college football. Now look, we're going to figure out how good they really are this next week. They're playing Oregon. Cannot wait to preview that. Subscribe to the podcast. We're going to dig deep into that on Friday or Thursday, excuse me. Cannot wait. It's going to be so good. Cannot wait for that game. A lot of big games coming up in college football next week as I said. Five games between ranked opponents. Uh, Notre Dame, right? They're going to play Ohio State. Before I get out of here, I'm going to give you my college football rankings. But here, let me just let me just pull up some of these fantastic games that are going to be going on this upcoming week in college football. Florida State plays Clemson. Clemson no longer ranked, but we know that that's a talented team. Clemson is a team that tends to win and compete in big games. Florida State only favored by one and a half in that one. Colorado plays Oregon, as I just hinted at. UCLA, ranked number 22 in the country. They're set to take on 11th-ranked Utah. That game should be a lot of fun. Ole Miss plays Alabama. It's number 15 against number 13. That game should also be a lot of fun. Ole Miss, Lane Kiffin could be the next former Nick Saban assistant to beat him. Okay, moving back to the Pac-12, which is really good this year. Oregon State plays Washington State, number 14 against number 21 so on and so forth. I already mentioned the Ohio State-Notre Dame game. Iowa plays Penn State. It's going to be a lot of fun to watch um, Alar, I'm blanking on his first name, Penn State's new quarterback, Aller, taking on this Iowa defense that we know is going to play at a high level. I mean, a lot of good college football games this week between a lot of really good football teams. But let's be honest here, the AP poll, they don't know what they're talking about. You know who does know what he's talking about? This guy right here, Jonathan Smith, the guy that you're listening to. Before we get out of here. Let me give you my top 12. Not much movement from last week to this week. So last week I had Oregon at 12. This week I have LSU at 12, followed by Alabama at 11, who I had at 10 last week. At number 10 I have Oregon, who is up from being ranked number 12. Number 9 I have Ohio State. At 8 I have Notre Dame. 7 Washington, 6 Penn State. None of those teams moved. From last week to this week, they all won games that they should have won. Penn State they looked a little rocky there at the start, but they they figured it out. Number five, I've got USC. Just like last week, I had USC at number five. Number four this week, I've got Florida State. It is concerning, barely beaten Boston College. I got to do something to you, okay? We're just gonna drop you a little bit. I had them at number three last week. Uh, moved Michigan up to number three. Just swapped them in Florida State from last week. And then two, Texas still. And number one, Georgia, as I said, not moving the Bulldogs until somebody absolutely makes me. Simple as that. So that's going to do it here at Shooting the Schmidt. Thank you for checking out the podcast, especially on a slow week of college football. I hope you enjoyed it. Subscribe. Coming back tomorrow, doing all the NFL stuff. I've already started prepping for it. It's going to be really good. I Seriously, subscribe. Come back. You're going to want to listen to it. I'm already really pumped for it. We got two Monday Night Football games tonight. It's going to be great. I'm telling you, make sure you come back tomorrow for more Shooting the Schmidt. Thank you again for listening, and I'll talk to you all again tomorrow.